Oh, here we go again. I feel like I'm starting to relive my childhood as a Miami Hurricanes fan. You tell me Miami has another target on their back? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, University of Miami alum, longtime South Florida radio vet, including post-game and pre-game on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, Google. And yeah, for the past week, we're also available on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, today's going to be a fun one. So I'm reading articles last night after I see this headline. Anonymous Power 5 AD. God forbid they put their name on this stuff, folks. Anonymous Power 5 AD shreds Miami amidst NIL drama. And he's talking to Dennis Dodd of CBS. You see, Miami's got a target on their back. Because they've been so, and it's not even Miami. Actually, let me make that clear. Because you know what pisses me off, folks? The way that NIL gets covered, it's so misunderstood by college football fans. It's misunderstood by a lot of media members. And listen, sometimes I'm not sure if these media members actually misunderstand the way NIL works or if they're purposely misleading you because they love to use Miami for clicks. And I think NIL is also misunderstood even by some administrators and coaches out there. Because let me make something really clear. When you see these headlines about the Ruiz family and Life Wallet and cigarette racing, signing players to NIL deals, that money is coming from them and exclusively from them. It's not Miami cutting checks. In fact, Miami has to stay completely back from that process and just let it play out. That goes for Miami. That goes for Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, USC, Texas A&M, whoever's cutting big NIL deals. It's not the school cutting them. It's collectives or business people, because John Ruiz doesn't want to be confused for a collective. They're the ones cutting the checks, and Miami or any other school is not involved in that process. At least they're not if they're doing it the right way. So that's the first thing. Miami gets a target on their back because a lot of people are just upset about the fact that Miami is benefiting from NIL in a way that they wish their schools or other schools were. So here are some of those comments relayed to Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports uh, of an anonymous Power 5 AD. Ooh, whining. He says, right now, it's really the wild, wild west, he told CBS Sports. If you're Jim Laranega, how are you trying to coach that team with Isaiah Wong whose NIL agent requested a new deal after Nigel Pack was paid more in NIL. Uh, you're really an NBA coach, he said about Jim. Uh, you haven't heard from Coach Larinaga. You haven't heard from Dan Radakovich, the AD. Well, first of all, there's a reason why you haven't heard from them, because there's nothing they can say or do. They're not involved in that process. There's a reason why you haven't heard from them. He says you haven't heard from the sport program administrator for men's basketball. Same reason why you haven't and will not hear from them, because that's not their beef. That's not their issue. The only person you've heard from, he says, is uh, John Ruiz and Isaiah Wong's agent. Well, what you heard from John Ruiz was him saying, 
we don't renegotiate. We can't renegotiate. We don't renegotiate. That's not how NIL works. And he didn't. He didn't renegotiate it. And you actually heard from Isaiah Wong saying he was misrepresented by the agent and he's sticking with Miami. So to me, the only person who spoke out of turn there was the agent himself. Why does Miami get blamed for that? Why does this come back down to Miami on that? I mean, guys, with this NIL stuff, what it really comes down to me is, and Mario Cristobal said it best, I'll let him say it, okay, um, that the playing field is now being leveled. He says, I guess the best way to put it in perspective, this is the quote from Cristobal, is that when everything was even, he said, Miami was dominating the college football world. Then other places started investing a lot, and Miami had fallen way behind. That's where there became a gap. Now the gap is being closed completely. And by the way, he's not speaking about NIL specifically. He's speaking about investments in facilities and coaches. And we're going to jump ahead and create our own gap, he said. That, to me, speaks very strongly. Miami, with better resources than just about everybody, will place itself in a very unique place in college football once again. I love this tweet from Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. He says, quote, I'm going to respect the first AD who comes out and publicly says, I'm against NIL because I don't want Miami to have it. And guys, why I told you I feel like I'm reliving my childhood over again. I grew up in the 80s and 90s when Miami was at the top of the mountain and getting a ton of hate. And the agendas back then were very, very clear. Oh, I used to hear this all the time, guys, in the 80s and 90s. Miami players, they're, they're thugs. They're criminals. You remember the Catholics versus convicts thing? That branding when Miami played Notre Dame back in the day? Convicts. Cancel the football program, Sports Illustrated once said. Death penalty, people were saying about Miami so many times throughout history. And now all of a sudden, they want to make NIL about Miami. Now, here's the difference, folks. When you talk about the Ruiz family, which are the biggest benefactors right now uh, with the NIL deals relating to University of Miami athletes. And by the way, they also cut deals for FIU athletes. Nobody wants to talk about that because nobody cares about FIU, but they all want to put the they all want to put the spotlight on Miami. The difference between the Ruiz family is they own legitimate businesses that are actually benefiting from this promotion and advertising from student athletes. MSP Recovery, the parent company for Life Wallet, approved by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. This is an actual business. And you know what? If you talk about getting the NCAA involved in investigations and even Congress, because there are some athletic directors that are flying out to D.C. to beg Congress to get involved, fantastic. But investigate everyone fairly and equally, because you know what? When you start to open up those closets, you're going to find a lot more skeletons elsewhere than in the Ruiz closet and any other collectives that are donating to Miami. Because the Ruiz family, John Ruiz, high-level litigator, billionaire trial lawyer, you know, billionaire now for being a businessman, they are dotting every I, crossing every T, doing everything by the book. They have stricter compliance than the NCAA actually has. Here's something Ruiz said last week that reigns true. He says, the spirit and actual laws that form the basis for NIL agreements requires a legitimate business purpose where fair market value drives the amount of the agreement. Collectives and 501c3s are dead giveaways. These entities, he's talking about other collectives around the country, 
are created specifically to pay players. Simply stated, setting aside inducement, these entities fail uh, as they can't establish a legitimate business purpose and much less establish market value. What business pays for something and gets nothing in return? Bingo. His business gets something in return because he's got a real business. This is not some booster out there handing a collections jar around crowdfunding payments to say, okay, guys, let's raise some money to pay some players and we'll just call it NIL. That's not what John Ruiz is doing. And yet Miami gets the spotlight for this. Even Colin Cowherd said it best last week. John Ruiz actually may be setting the blueprint for how to do NIL properly. And instead of bashing Miami for this and bashing Ruiz for this, other people might want to emulate what he's doing out there. Oh, I'm a little fired up. Let me uh, l- let me bring in somebody who usually calms me down. What a good friend of mine. Larry Bluestein, our boy Blue. So nice to see your face. And Blue, I wanted to bring you in on this topic because you've covered the Miami Hurricanes longer than just about anybody. First of all, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks, Alex. I, I, I'm here to calm you down. <laughs> blood. Now, I can see those blood pressure pills on your table there. So uh. <laughs> now, now, listen. Yeah, I, I talked about. Uh, yeah, and, and, and by the way, make sure you see you see Blue's Twitter handle on the screen for those listening to the audio at Larry Bluestein. Blue has been recovering. Has been covering. He has been recovering, but he's been covering high school football, recruiting, college athletics for decades i don't want to age the man because he doesn't yeah. look a day over 25 but oh, he, he's been doing this a long time blue does does now that people using miami as a target they're using miami for clicks uh unfortunately D- does this remind you at all about some of the other quote-unquote scandals o- over the recent decades yeah it does i mean listening to you bringing up some of the uh, Catholics versus the convicts and how I said, st- in fact, I was the other day, you know me, I collect basically everything. So I was looking at that sports uh, illustrated cover, uh, why Miami should drop football. And uh, yeah, they're, they're a punching bag. And obviously I think you made a probably one of the best points is Miami's getting blamed for this or centered for this while every other college in America is doing the same thing. Uh, you know, they may not have a John Ruiz and they may, but they have other people who are working it. Don't you think that Alabama in some way will benefit because of their exposure in Georgia and, and uh, top tier football programs? Miami uh, found something, you know, to to work this to a point where, you know, it's benefiting them. And and the crazy thing is it's it's sort of like the recruiting uh, college coaches uh, cannot make any comment on recruits before they sign them. So obviously I'm sure that Mario Cristobal and um, anybody who's associated with Miami new athletic director has done a great job. They can't say anything because it really has nothing to do with them, which a lot of people are upset about because then they think that it's becomes a wild, wild West and, and I've, I've sat down with a lot of people and talked about this on uh, how they can implement it. Because I think if you're on the half that uh, isn't benefiting from this, you don't like it. Right. Obviously, if you are and getting the Cavender twins to come to Miami with their 4.9 million uh, TikTok uh, viewers, uh, I mean, you're, 
you're on the side of, hey, yeah, let's, this is awesome. The only thing that I had, and I said, because I think that everybody, you know, and I talk to a lot of college coaches, and I think the one thing that they say, Alex, is that this is going to get out of hand unless there's something of a, um, you know, like a, something that you have to abide by because mm. what it's become is it become the ultimate recruiting tool now. And let's say if you got a deferment and, and the athlete didn't get the NIL deal till they were sophomores, that may kind of even things up a little bit and maybe not, you know, because right now you have 17-year-old freshmen. And I saw an article the other day, uh, these kids are seniors in high school, uh, that they were actually setting the odds on how much these seniors in high school, seniors in high school are going to make over the next few years. So, oh my goodness. you know, from that standpoint, it's gotten a little bit out of hand because, I mean, here's a kid who's, who, who still has to be told by mom and dad to take out the garbage or make their bedroom up. Uh, and they're, they're about to make more money than mom and dad have seen. So, I mean, I think there's got to be some guidelines, but, it's certainly not the colleges. And I know that people are quick. Right. They Miami's the Miami's the best whipping post in the world. When things are, you know, it's sort of like someone says something negative about them and then a billion people want to pile on. So there's a, there's a, there's so many ways to look at this, but uh, you know what, but don't blame the schools because they have nothing to do with it. And the NCA is making sure that nobody from a college can really, quote unquote, have anything to say about it or do with it. And that's why, because you can imagine how Coach L, uh, you know, feels because here's a guy who's as old school as you get. And this Mm -hmm. is really, this is really new. This is really uncharted waters for him. Well, Larry Bluestein, he's so far successfully calming me down. Uh, I I do want to talk some recruiting with him when we come back, including a question from the archives. If we want to revisit something that I ranted about a little bit yesterday, I want to do that with Larry Bluestein. And by the way, Larry Bluestein, he has been covering high school, college athletics for decades and doing it at a high level. You can hear him. Uh, usually, what blew the, the radio show? It's usually it's moved this week because of uh, playoff hockey, but are you usually on Tuesday nights? Uh, every Monday. Every, every Monday. Monday night, uh, 6 to 8. Eastern time and uh, on WQAM, go to WQAM.com. You can plug in, listen, and we always have, and here's the thing too. It's not just a local show. Yeah, we have uh, local guests, but um, we have college coaches from all over the country on, and they love to come on because they want to sell their program. And, and uh, you know, like this week we're going to have Mario Cristobal on. So it'll give the university of Miami fans an opportunity uh, you know, to to listen to him firsthand because he hasn't been on a, a lot of, you know, programs that are talk related. He's been in interviews, but he's never had an opportunity to kind of just sell his program and talk a little bit about it. So and we do that every week. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Larry Bluestein is with us. It's so blue. Um I, I may have oversold some frustration a little bit in yesterday's episode. This was kind of funny. So JJ Watt, you know, one of the greatest defensive players, I think, in the history of the National Football League. He's so good. Uh, you know, he he was down here in South Florida at the floor at the Formula One race. He also visited the Miami facilities, had a photo op with Coach Cristobal. 
And then he makes a social media post, you know, about how he grew up a Miami fan. And like even, you know, during his his quote unquote recruitment, he was a Miami fan. So, of course, I get a little bit angry. How, how come Randy Shannon didn't get him here? Yeah, he, he was only a two star recruit and he did end up having to walk on at Wisconsin. So I guess I can't be that angry. But if anybody out there would have remembered something about J.J. Watt when he was coming out of high school, the man I'm talking to would be that guy. Was he on your radar, Blue? And, and he was in Wisconsin. Was he on your radar at all coming out of high school? Yeah, well, we kind of knew about him. He was a 6'6", 190-pounder who got to about 200. Basketball guy. A uh, really good uh. basketball guy out of Pewaukee High School in Wisconsin. And there's a lot of people, you know, I mean, you, you take a look at some of the, the the players who've come out of Wisconsin, John Clay, to one of them, uh, over the years. And they produce some really good athletes, really good football players, really good basketball players. But he was more of a basketball guy. And then he developed into football. And got to give my old friend Charlie Partridge – who's at Pittsburgh and from Plantation, Florida and Plantation High School credit there because he was the one who found him while he was at Wisconsin and kind of developed him. So if J.J. Watt had any inkling to come to Miami, I think Charlie kind of swayed him and said, you know what, uh-huh. stay home, um, make things make things right. But, yeah, he and then he developed in, in college. And uh, I got to give Charlie credit because Charlie's the one who was his coach. And, uh, yeah. You know what? You take a look at people like that, and there's a lot of kids. And it's funny because on our Prep Red Zone Florida uh, website, what we're doing once a week, we're taking a look back at the top 25 prospects over a certain period of time. And you look at some of the guys who completely, who were top-tier guys, who completely disappeared. So it happens. Or guys who you say in that class, I mean, when you look back, and Willis McGay, who who is arguably one of the best running backs Miami's ever had, and a great NFL guy, even even with through an injury and, and such, uh, was a third team All County player coming wow. out of Miami Dade. So it shows you a little bit. I mean, you have to do your homework, and nothing is guaranteed. But in JJ Watt, uh, his case, he was a he was a late bloomer. Uh, who developed and was a quick learner and parlayed his athletic ability and his 6'6 size into something special. Hey, what can you tell me about Willis McGahee's son? Because I think I saw a headline that he was was visiting Pittsburgh. Is he he somebody that Miami might look at? He's legit. Uh, He and I, in fact, we were – I was at his – you know, I'm back in the swing of doing things, so I went to already to a – like an 18 jamboree uh, last Saturday and, uh, Willis's son, who's playing linebackers playing the middle. He played DN last year. Good looking kids about six, two, two twenty five, um, and runs strong and very nice young man. He and I, uh, uh, talked on the sideline a little bit. I've done that with him. Cause I kind of, uh, when he first came up, I noticed the name real quick. I gravitated towards yeah. him and, uh, you know, he's, he's been improving ever since he's at Miami Palmetto high school. And uh, I'm sure that Miami Central would have loved to have him because the kid would have fit in that scheme. But um, getting a great education down there, good dude. And uh, I think he's going to be very special. Not a running back, but a linebacker who I think is quite a bit bigger than his dad was. Wow. That's not not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, let me ask you about and, and this. Uh, th- things seem to have slowed down a little bit because he's I guess he's taking his time making his decision. 
which I, I guess could be a good thing for Miami, but I've never had Miami as the favorite here. Jordan Addison, who's in the transfer portal from Pittsburgh. Uh, right. USC seemed to be, maybe they still are the clear favorite. I even heard a little bit of buzz last week that he might actually be considering maybe pulling in a Marius Mims and just staying at Pittsburgh and not leaving, period. Uh, obviously, anytime there's a high-profile um, transfer portal guy, people would right. like to think Miami could be in the mix. Do you think Miami is in the mix? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, he, right now he's a pretty hot topic in the Pittsburgh area. I mean, he's taking a lot of the the uh, the media coverage away. A lot of people playing a guessing game. Uh, even people kidding that if he goes to USC, it's almost like the player to be named later for Keita Slovis, who yeah, that's who, right, who transferred the quarterback who came over to Pitt um, and is really good. Uh, yeah, you know, I think Miami's got a shot because of their brand of football, but. I think uh, USC is changing, you know, especially with Lincoln Riley uh, to a uh, a more uh, open offense, not a running back oriented offense, but it's something that's, you know, like Miami is. But Miami's got a lot of running backs. And the only thing – but here's the thing, too. If, if you really wanted to sell him, just take a look at the spring game. And as you and I talked uh, before on the podcast, the only thing came out of the spring game, and I know it's a spring game, but Miami has not one leader, not a Ken, not a Rambo, Rambo or, or such that will come into the huddle and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm open every play, man. I'll, you know, and but they don't have that. So, you see, if, if you're selling, uh, you could you could just sell them on the point that, hey, you could be you could be our number one. You could be wide receiver one if you if you come in here and. And especially with a growing team like Miami with a balanced attack and arguably one of the top four or five quarterbacks uh, coming out of next year's draft. So, yeah, I think they have a real good shot at them. Uh, are we looking at anything else, uh, whether it be portal or class of 2023, you know, re receivers that Miami is in play for? Because I, I know that they do have a couple of five stars in their crosshairs blue uh, coming up in the class of 2023. How do you look at that receiver position moving forward? Well, I think, like I just said, you know, when you have a position of need, <clears throat> you could sell a lot easier yeah. because these kids, Alex, are are doing the same thing that you and I would do if we were going to go to a job someplace. They're looking and see what Miami has. They're looking to see what USC or Georgia Tech or Georgia or whatever school has. Let's say they have three receivers. Two of them are five-star kids. You know, that's a mix that a lot of people may not want to get into. Uh, but if you're an elite player, you'll want to relish the fact that you could go into a situation and beat out any five star. That's what my, I think that's what Mario Cristobal is looking for. They're looking for a guy that not only wants to be in Miami, but is willing to compete. I mean, look at Parrish. Parrish came here knowing that Miami arguably had two of the top running backs, you know, you know, around. I mean, you know, you, you you take a look at th that situation and he felt comfortable enough that he could come in here and compete for some serious playing time. And that's what's going to happen at the receiver position. A lot of those guys. And I mean, there's a couple of offensive linemen as well. And don't you think that uh, Coach Mirabal wouldn't want to have a situation where that offensive line room becomes as competitive as a quarterback room, as the as the running back room, so and as a secondary right now, which is shaping up to be a pretty good one. 
when we come back, I do want to ask Mr. Bluestein about offensive line recruiting because, yeah, that that that's an area they want to get Miami up to par with the rest of the country and up to par with what Oregon had during Cristobal's time there. My friends, want to remind you, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. You got my, my Miami Heat back in action tonight, trying to take the 3-2 series lead. Major League Baseball scores, even next season's uh, NLF features. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And guys, college football futures. Even though we don't have games until September, there's so much to look at, guys, from Tyler Van Dyke, 30-1 to 1 for the Heisman. Miami's over-under is 8.5. I'm going to be smashing that over. Guys, there's so much there. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. We have the pleasure of being joined by Larry Bluestein, who's just legendary in the South Florida community. So, Blue, uh, are, are you seeing a difference of philosophy and aggression in the way Miami is recruiting offensive linemen? Because I know how relentless Mario Cristobal is in general in recruiting, and with O-line especially, given that's that's his wheelhouse, and Mirabal is one of the best in the country at that as well. Yeah, I do. I mean, there's guys out there, obviously, that are on everybody's radar. You know, I mean, you, you look at the kid Damon David, who's a big – a big time kid and the kid that Alabama is supposed to maybe get in Dane Shore, who I know that Miami had looked at early on and the Willie Allen kid. So I think Miami's identified these, these linemen and understand, and they have to understand too. Once again, you present this situation where you come in here and you have a chance. It's not like, you're going into Georgia or these, well, Georgia's not a good example because their entire team went in the draft. But, yeah. but a, lot, a lot of these programs who are stacked too deep at some of these positions and your opportunity is going to, no matter how good you are, uh, you still have a pecking order to kind of jump. And especially uh, you won't have a chance until summer to do it. Kind of a short window. If you had spring and you came in during the spring, like a lot of these programs did um uh, like you know like the kid uh, uh Lichtenstein from uh, you know that came in and showed right away what he could do uh then you then your chances of coming you know um coming out are, are good but i just think that there's going to be a focus uh like you said mirball mirball uh, been following him ever since he played at columbus um very competitive in nature really good uh, as a as a relating to the players, how, how did he and, play at his size? Like the, the guy is so tiny, which it's crazy to me. It's like how 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 is he an offensive lineman? Uh, he just you know he was a little bit bulkier back in the okay. day, but obviously not taller. Uh, aggressive guy, um, you know. I mean, it, but you know what got him by is because he was smart and he would he mm. wouldn't try to engage against a six five two hundred. He would do you know it's sort of like I remember. Sam Young coming out of St. Thomas Aquinas and um, really good defensive end, obviously went to Notre Dame and then played for a few programs, including the Dolphins. But I remember him at six, seven and a half would have the worst time blocking the smaller defensive lineman. 
I mean, he could engage in a 6'4", 6'5", lineman. But when he had to go against a 5'9", or 5'8", or 5'10", guy, because he had to block down. And, uh, you know, so that's what Mirabal, I think, well, I know because I watched him. That's what he, that's why he was so good. And, and he very intelligent. And, and I always, you know, when he was at Marshall, when he was at FIU, when he was at Oregon and now with Miami, I mean, you admire a guy like that because, you know, and, and I take nothing away from Garen justice. Cause I dug Garen justice. And I still do think Garen justice is as good an offensive line coach as you're going to find. Yeah. But Here's a guy that brings a different dimension to the game. You know, I mean, he's more of a teacher. Um, uh, he relates to the players in a way where, you know, it's like a it, because of his knowledge and because of where he's been, these guys, you know, they got their attention. Look who he's coached. Look at how many guys he's he's been able to coach over the years, and they've done real well. Well, this has been excellent stuff, as it always is when we talk with Larry Bluestein. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Larry Bluestein. And make sure you check out his radio show this week and every week on WQAM, which is uh, in the Odyssey family, WQAM in South Florida. He's going to be on Thursday night. Is it 6 p.m. on Thursday, Blue? 6 p.m., 6 p.m. We're also joining the Six Ring Canes family on the, awesome. a lot of their uh, podcasts, uh, Vish, our friend Vish, and obviously Jazz Santana and and uh, and the gang over there. Uh, you know, I come on there and uh, you know, kind of kind of even things up with them too because they're they they have a really good thing going as well. Yeah, as do you, Larry Bluestein. He is a wealth of knowledge in this community. A uh, huge, huge shout out to Blue and guys. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On ACC. I love that show. I've had the privilege of being on before. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.